G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are recapping week six. Who are the big award winners? Who are the must-add players? Hot topics and who can you move on from? Let's go! talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life. AB basketball. Back out to Allen. History quarter. Curry for three. Wow. Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Uh, today we are doing our weekly recap show, talking about week six in the NBA and in fantasy basketball, all the uh, the big news, the must-add players, we're going to get through to them all, um, and uh, yeah, so make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel, thank you so much for all of you guys subscribing, and if you, uh, if you have a spare... Two minutes, I would really, really appreciate if you guys who have enjoyed all the fantasy content this year to head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts on your phones, um, search the show on uh, on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star ratings, leave a little review in there. Um, we would really, really appreciate that. It would mean a lot to me. Uh, and I, I'm trying to get to see if I can get to 50 reviews. Um, that would be really, really cool. I think we're sitting at 33 or 34 or something at the moment. Um, I know there's a a lot of more of you guys that listen to this show. So uh, if even just a few of you guys head over to there, it would mean a lot. So go and do that. And I would very, very appreciate it. I'd be very grateful for that. Um, so make sure if you guys do enjoy that, uh, head over and do that. But let's get stuck into reviewing the week, starting off with the weekly awards. The sweet, sweet fantasy basketball award this week, finally, for the first time this season, surprisingly, goes to Shea Gilgis Alexander, who I'm calling it right now is the absolute steal of the draft. Uh, he is someone who I've been a big fan. I didn't, I, I, I've been a big fan of him. Before the injury in the preseason, I had him at 20 in my rankings. I've been a big, big fan of him. Never did I expect this kind of production. Um, but this year, season so far, he is ranked um, uh, he's ranked the third overall per game in totals. He's ranked third overall. Last week, he was the number one player in totals. He was the, on the week, he was the seventh ranked player, but a lot of players played much fewer games than him. He played four games last week. Uh, last week, he's put up, uh, th- let's go through the season, to be honest, because I need to give this man some credit. 31 points, 1.13s, five rebounds, six assists, 1.7 steals, 1.3 blocks, 51.5% from the field, 92.2% from the free throw line under three turnovers a game. Just absolutely absurd, absurd numbers. Um, he's just kind of taken everything that he did in the previous season and the previous couple of years and just taken it to another level. The The building blocks were there. He, he always had that full range round um, production, great efficiency. The steals and blocks have always been there in spurts, the assists, the scoring. He's a young, exciting, really, really good player. I've always been a fan of Shea ever since his rookie season. 
and he is really uh, letting the world know this season. He's, he's capturing the general media, the general audience in the NBA as well now. Uh, and I think that by no means is he a sell high. Uh, he, he might drop off a little bit from here, but I think he's a top 10 He's a first-round guy, absolutely, in my opinion. Um, the Thunder are doing well enough that I, I hope that the the tanking and the shutting down risks are at least being quashed a little bit for now. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be trading him for someone who's like a top 20 guy in fear that he is going to be uh, shut down at any point. I know that the narratives around the Thunder players get uh, amped up a lot, but I personally just think that he's a top 10 guy. Um, sure, if you can get like a Jason Tatum or, or someone safer who's also a first-round guy, then maybe you, you look to do it. But in saying that, he's, he's probably going to outperform Tatum on a per-game basis uh, or a player of that nature. Um, he's just really, really, really good. Um, even better in a punt threes kind of a build as your point guard. Only getting 1.1 threes per game, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He's just so, so good. And uh, yeah, I don't think he's a sell high. And um, whilst... I didn't expect it to happen. I'm honestly not shocked. Like, he's he's not doing anything, and this is why I don't think it's a sell high. He's not doing anything completely different that he hasn't done before. Yeah, he's increased his blocks by half a block per game, and I think that might come down closer to one. So maybe from 1.3 to 1.1, 1.0. Um, the scoring is, is a big increase from 24.5 to 31, but... In saying that, like the, the team is obviously doing things a little bit differently. They're, they're playing a different style in terms of trying to win a little bit more. And he just looks really good and much better out there than he has in the past. 51% from the field. He has shot over 50% from the field in a past season before. So whilst it's much higher than last year at 45.4%, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he is a 50% guy from the field or at least a 48, 49% guy. Uh, I wouldn't have him anywhere lower than that. And I think that, um, yeah, I just think you keep rolling with him. If you'd managed to draft him, I, I talked about him in the uh, the sleeper review. I had him on the, the top 10 sleepers video. If if I knew he was going to be healthy to start the season, he would have been very, very high on that list. I had him there thinking he'd be missing several weeks of the season like a Chris Middleton. But... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just it's crazy. I, like I said, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect top five numbers, top three numbers. But uh, I think I did say I wouldn't be shocked if he was a top fifteen guy, top twenty guy. Uh, and he's uh, yeah, and he's even ex- exceeding those expectations. So for me, keep riding Shea. He's the steal of the draft. I think he will continue to be the steal of the draft this season. He is this year's Dejounte Murray. Um, and yeah, I think that we're going to be talking about him as a first round guy for a fair while longer. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in with you know the growth of Giddy and Chet and maybe another high, higher draft pick coming. And obviously the Thunder have much more draft picks and they could trade for someone. So Dynasty, his value is very interesting to me. Um, I think he's just that good though that it doesn't matter anymore. Um, and I, I would view him as a top top 10 dynasty asset, uh, top 12 dynasty asset moving forward as well. So he's he's leapfrogged a few guys, in my opinion, um, compared to where I thought he was uh, bidding of the season. Um, he's just gotten that much better. So Shea is a very, very deserving winner of the Sweet Sweet Fantasy Basketball Award. He hasn't won the award yet because he's just been just a bit below on a week-to-week basis, but this week he finally got the uh, the award from the Ball Boys, which I'm sure he's been clamoring to get. Uh, it's a very, very sought-after award. Uh, this award award is not, however. La, 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 
Now, I've had several guys on this and win this award. I've had players that I've liked, like Jabari uh, Smith win this award. Paul George has won this award. So I call it how it is. And I, I don't, I try to make sure this is very objective. So I know that I have a lot of bias against this player. But as the numbers sit on this past week, the award for the fantasy loser of the week is Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook in the past week has the 336th ranked player. He did play three games. Um, in totals, he was still the 344th ranked player. So even though he played three games when a lot of teams were playing two um, and he didn't miss any time, he is actually worse in totals. Um, he has just been someone that has absolutely tanked your percentages, your turnovers, hasn't contributed in threes, his points are well down, his uh, rebounds are down, his steals aren't there, his blocks aren't uh, there as, as what they were earlier. And uh, yeah, he's just, um, he's really showing me and showing us, or at least should be showing us, what Russell Westbrook is and what he's going to be moving forward. I was a little bit I was like, oh, man, did I get this wrong on Russell Westbrook? This bench roll, has it really taken something out? But I I, I remained sort of, I, he was on the sell high video and, and some people were saying that, okay, yeah, you've just got a Russell Westbrook bias. And, and look, I probably do. I don't like the guy. I don't like how he plays. He's always frustrated me. His talent is undeniable. His athleticism is otherworldly and, and you cannot deny that. And he has the ability, but he has just shown me throughout his career that his mindset, his IQ, the way he approaches um, thinking about the game just, to me, is not the right way to do it. And um, he, he just gets in his own way. And I, I've, I've been frustrated with him for most of his career. Um, so, I, I, of course, I, I probably do have an anti-Russell Westbrook bias, but... When this award it comes up, I, I sort of take the players that are owned across a lot of leagues, and he is someone who is owned in a hundred percent of advanced leagues, according to Basketball Monster. And uh, when you're ranked outside three hundred and thirty, you are very much eligible to get this award. And he beat out a lot of other poor performances this week. So uh, across the week, averaging um, what is he averaging? Eleven point seven points. Uh, 0.73s, 4.7 rebounds, 6 assists. That's okay. That's probably his only positive. Uh, a steal's all right too. 0.7 blocks is, is okay. 33% from the field on 13 attempts. 46.7 from the free throw line on 5 attempts and 3.3 turnovers. Okay, so I was like, okay, maybe he's turned his free throws around. He was a good free throw percentage shooter once upon a time in his career and he was shooting like 90% for like two weeks and I was like, what? What the hell is going on? Like, what? He forgot how to shoot. Could he just easily remembered to shoot how to shoot again from the free throw line? And no, he's he's still Russell Westbrook. He is still the guy that's going to absolutely murder both of your percentages. He is still not going to get you steals. He's still not going to get you threes. Um, you know, he's only averaging 0.4 blocks on the season, so the 0.7 uh, has been raised because he had he had a couple of games with a block per game. So that's that's a bit fluky. Um, he's just you know he his minutes are. Trending down, LeBron James returns. He plays less than twenty minutes. Um, you know, even with Anthony Davis out last game, he only played twenty six and a half minutes. Dennis Schroeder is playing more minutes than he is. Um, a lot of other guys are playing minutes ahead of him. This is also without Patrick Beverly, who has been suspended the last few games. So Patrick Beverly is going to come back into the mix. Um, the Lakers are also winning with him playing fewer minutes the last couple of games as well. So he is someone that I think. 
I think that this is more likely to see to be what we see moving forward than what was happening before when LeBron was out and he was coming off the bench. Those two things kind of married up together. He came off the bench and LeBron also went out. So we kind of just lumped it into, oh, he's coming off the bench. He's fixed. Whereas I just don't think that's going to be the case. I still would hold on to him and, and hope that it comes back. Again, I'm not expecting the percentages or the turnovers to be fixed, but maybe this, the counting stats are enough or the percentages aren't in high enough volume that it hurts you irreparably with the assists of rebounds that he d- does provide you. But it could very quickly tend, uh, trend towards a drop if you are not able to withstand all of the negatives that he brings. He's not going to give you threes. He's not going to give you steals. Uh, he's not going to give you blocks. And, and the, the negatives in both field goal, free throw, and turnovers, you know, there's six categories that is really not helping you in. And if he can't get you points either, you know, he's only had a few games over 20 points per game. It's just not a whole lot left to like for, for Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah, so I think that for me, he is a very deserving uh, a winner of the Fantasy Loser Award this week. Uh, and the final award, it is uh, someone who I great, take great pride and great pleasure in announcing the winner for this week. Uh, yeah, the Future Dynasty Star Award goes to... My boy, Jabari Smith Jr. So he's made his way all the way from the fantasy loser two or three weeks ago. Uh, combined, he, he tied that week with Jalen Smith, who we'll talk about a bit later in the podcast. But he's t- he tied that week as one of the worst players in fantasy basketball this week. Coming back up to the fantasy dynasty super uh, future Dynasty Star Award. The last week, he was the uh, 20th ranked player. 20th ranked player. Now, it was on two games. Very small sample size. Uh, But in the last six weeks, sorry, or six games, two weeks, he is the 63rd ranked player. Do you guys remember where I had him ranked on the BallBoysNBA.com season guide? 61st. I had him ranked 61st. He has been the 63rd ranked player over the last two weeks, six game sample size, and that is still, that is still on a 39% field goal percent efficiency. He is still shooting under 40% and he is a top 65 player in that stretch. He has more room to grow. He's still only averaging 0.7 steals in that time, one block. The guy has fantasy uh, ability about him. And fun fact, guys, I know you. I was surprised to see this. I actually had to double-check it myself. I thought it might be the case, but I, I still didn't necessarily believe it to be the case. He is ranked higher than Paolo Boncaro. In fact, he might actually be close to being the top-ranked rookie so far this season. He is ranked on the season on the season, taking into account the disaster that was the first several weeks, and it was a disaster. He is a top 150 player, 142nd for the season, and for Paolo Boncaro for the season, he is ranked 160th. So he is nearly 20 spots higher in nine category settings, ranked higher than Paolo Boncaro. I bet you didn't think that that was going to be the case, and uh, I know a lot of people will say, well, I'd still take Paolo, and I, I would too, right? Like, let's not get it twisted. However... It just goes to show the value of the threes, the steals, the blocks, the free throw percentage. He has low turnovers. Um, his rebounding is really, really good at the moment as well. The minutes are still there. He is definitely trending up. His aggression, his um, confidence looks way higher than it was several or a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I think that 
If you were patient enough to hold on to him, then he is going to be rewarding you. Now, let's talk about Dynasty, because obviously this is the Dynasty uh, Award show. Where do you think he should be ranked in Dynasty? I mean, I want to hear your comments down below. I personally think he is a top 50 Dynasty asset. Potentially, if your team is punting field goal percentage, he could be a top 40, top 35 asset. He is... 19 and a half years old. He is extremely young. He was one of the more younger players in the draft this past season. He's a full year younger than Chet Holmgren. Um, so he is someone that I think has a lot of potential. He is not someone that maybe he's not ever a superstar talent in the NBA, but he is going to be a 15 year starter in my opinion. And just what he does, his fantasy profile, especially if you're punting field goal percentage, it's just so hard for him not to fall into good fantasy value. The rebounds, the threes, the blocks, the steals, the free throw percentage, he doesn't turn the ball over. It's all there. Um, and I think he, as soon as he gets better and more confident shooting, when he's shooting, like say this man who's a six foot nine, six foot ten power forward, he plays some small ball center. Like I don't think he's going to average. 40% from the field for his career. He'll, he'll get up closer to the mid-40s, 45 46%. That should get him closer to 20 points per game. So if you've got a guy who's averaging 20 and 10 with you know a couple of assists, a steal, a block... You know, not murdering your field goal percentage. Uh, you know, elite free throw percentage, eighty-five percent plus. You know, one turnover per game. This is a really, really good fantasy player, and I think he gets underrated in a lot of circles. If you're in a dynasty league, I would still, I still think the buy low window is open. We've seen flashes these last couple of games, obviously, but the buy low window, I still think is is there. Um, I think I personally, I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues, and. Um, I've never once considered trading him or dropping him, obviously. But uh, yeah, to be honest, I value him as a top 50 dynasty asset. In a lot of those teams, actually in one of the two teams that I have him in, I'm in a punt field goal percentage. So he is one of my more valuable rookies and, and one of my more valuable players, to be honest, uh, in a rebuilding team. Uh, but even in a team where I... I, I'm still looking after my field goal percentage. Like we said, in the past two weeks, shooting 39%, he's a top 65 player. Um, and the averages of the last two weeks when he's been a top 65 player, it's not it's not unsustainable. 14.5 points, 2.83s, 8.7 rebounds. He's not even averaging an assist. He's not even averaging a steal. So 0.7 in both those categories. Only one block. He can easily keep that up. 39%, like we said. 87.5% from the free throw lines in 2.7 attempts and 0.8 turnovers. So big boost to your threes, your rebounds. Um, your blocks are there. The free throw percentage is nice. Not hurting your turnovers. The points are starting to come up slowly. Last week, he averaged 18 points over those two games. He did have that big game where he had uh, 13 rebounds as well. Um, you know, five threes, three threes, three threes, two threes, two threes. The threes are there in high volume. He's just, uh, he's just really, I think he's a really good fantasy player. And um, yeah, I think obviously, NBA-wise, Paolo looks like the better player at the moment, but I think that Jabari is someone that can fit in any team, any system. So I think he's a 15-year starter in the NBA. Uh, I feel pretty confident about that, to be honest. And his uh, his uh, upside and trajectory is is exactly going the way I thought it would be going. It was rough early on, probably rougher than I wanted it to be and rougher than I expected it to be. But if we do take a step back and realize that we're only six weeks into his NBA career, 
Uh, he's doing okay, guys. I'm, I'm not. Um, I hope a lot of you didn't panic. And uh, but I still think there's a buy low window in dynasty leagues. That will do it for our uh, awards. Let's move on to some hot topics and some breaking news. Not a whole lot going on at the moment in the NBA, which is you know it's okay. We can have a deep breath. Uh, first one here, looking at Gordon Hayward, who has fractured his left shoulder. He looks like he's out at least six to eight weeks. Could be longer, knowing Gordon Hayward. Uh, sucks because I have him in the uh, Pro Dynasty, sorry, the FBI Pro 20 League, um, where there's only five starters and three bench. So that definitely hurts my team there. And if you did grab him, although hopefully you've got him, you grabbed him closer to pick 100. So it's not like you invested a whole lot in Gordon Hayward and we were all very much expecting injuries. Um, if you've got other injured players, I think that Gordon Hayward is someone that you can drop if you are pressed for wins and you need to get production right now. I don't think he's going to come back and put up top 50 numbers or anything like that. I, I kind of view him very similar to like Cameron Johnson, uh, whose injury we had earlier. Similar kind of time frame for their time to return. So I think in terms of if you were... If you were to drop Cameron Johnson and and you know use that spot for other injuries, I think the same thing applies for Gordon Hayward. If you have an open IR spot, sure, you go ahead and you just pop him in there and cross your fingers that no one else gets injured. Um, I'm doing that in the Pro 20 League. But I think that if you need that spot for someone else, if someone else has got another injury who's better, uh, you know, I think that he is someone that you can move on from because I just don't think we're seeing the top 50 Gordon Hayward uh, really anymore in his career. Um, Kawhi Leonard uh, sprained his ankle. I think this was like the day of or the day after I released that uh, buy low video. He is day-to-day. I think that they haven't ruled him out over their two-game road trip, I think, which is coming up. And they have ruled out Paul George and, and someone else, I think. I can't remember who it was. But that tells me that, you know... If those other guys are getting ruled out, he's maybe closer than those players, although Kawhi is just, we we never know with Kawhi, so he's just maybe more secretive than them, and they're treating him with kid gloves. Who knows? Um, it's frustrating, but I still think he's a buy-low. You can get him so, so cheap. And like I've said before, I think someone commented recently that, you know, maybe you know, we keep calling him a buy-low, and um, I agree that the target has moved. You know, um, you know, maybe you would take a Tobias Harris or Kawhi Leonard trade, but I mean, I, I honestly still wouldn't. If if I if I was if I could send out Tobias Harris and get Kawhi, I might take that pun because the difference between Kawhi, who is when healthy a top ten player, and and I don't think we're going to see that from him. Let's let's not get that twisted. But on the off chance that he is like a top thirty, top forty player. He is someone that the difference between him and a guy who's around that 100 mark, you can you can find that. You, you can actually find that on the waiver wire if you hit the right times, if you get those super streams, you add those players. That if, if you lose that, it's not the end of the world. That is so easily recoverable from. So whilst the the likelihood that we're going to get the Kawhi we remember and we know is is lower and lower each day, on the off chance that it happens or you get somewhere just even like 80% close to that, it just, it's a no-brainer, huge, huge victory, in my opinion, and you're not actually giving that much up. So for me, I would send through my two worst players or my two nearly worst players and, and, and try and get a Kawhi Leonard if I'm in a good position, if I'm, um, 
If I'm down the bottom of the standings, I probably don't do it. I've said that before. If I'm down the bottom of the standings or in the bottom third, bottom half, I probably wouldn't do it. I can't afford to wait for Kawhi to pick it up and I can't take that risk because my team is already struggling. If I'm in the top half of the league and I'm doing well, I'm feeling good about my team and I don't have too many other injuries or anything like that, absolutely I'm taking the swing and I'm trying to get Kawhi on my team and just crossing my fingers if it doesn't work out, I don't think I've lost all that much. So for me, I still think he's a buy low and he could be back uh, sometime this week upcoming. Um, the last news that I'll briefly touch on, TJ Warren is supposed to be coming back any day now. Um, blanket statement, I just don't really care. Uh, I'm, I'm just sort of preempting a couple of comments that I think I might be getting. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter seem to be pretty keen on TJ Warren. He had that bubble showing a, a few years ago, but he's just, he's not that guy anymore. He's been out for nearly two years now. Um, he is a points efficient kind of a guy, and you know my distrust for players like that, <coughs> Tyrese Maxey, <coughs> Michael Porter Jr. And he's not even as good as those guys. He's nowhere near as good as those guys. He's a bench player on this Brooklyn Nets team. He would need 30 minutes. He would need uh, probably this third highest usage on this team behind Kyrie and Kevin Durant who have uh, value. And on the 2% chance that he gets that, even then he's like, what, a top 90, top 85 guy, and I just don't see that coming. He's going to be resting back-to-backs on a minute's limit. It just, I wouldn't bother. I would not. I just don't think he's going to become fantasy relevant at all this season, to be honest. Uh, you know, Maybe he's a, a streamable guy at some point this season for points, but I, I just don't see it at all. I, I wouldn't waste my time, and I would rather stream that position. So that's all I have to say for TJ Warren, in case you were wondering. All right, let's move on to the waiver wire. Um, who are we adding? Who are the must rosters? Let's go through the must ads so far. Ju- double check that these are guys. They are available in leagues out there based on Basketball Monitor's advanced metrics and uh, the Yahoo percentages. Um, if you don't have Shake Milton, if he's on your wire, what are you doing? Wake up, go add Shake Milton. He's killing it. I'm not expecting him to go. Uh, he was actually very close to being in line for the sweet, sweet Fantasy Basketball Award this past week. He was, if I just pull up the last week's rankings, he was, as Basketball Monster loads for me, we're just uh, we're waiting on a storm at the moment here in uh, Bris Vegas down in Australia, so I think it is messing up my internet. Uh, that's not loading. Anyway, I'm pretty sure he was a top 10 player over these past seven days, putting up ridiculous, ridiculous stats. Um, obviously, that is not going to continue, but he is someone, obviously, looks great whilst Harden is out, whilst um, uh, Tyrese Maxey is out. Absolutely, he is a must-add player. And even when one of those guys comes back, you wait and see how you go. I don't have Melton on this uh, graphic here, but obviously he is a must-add player if for whatever reason he is available, although he is not in many leagues. The next must-add player here for me is Caleb Martin. Now, I will flag this one, that the Heat only have two games this next week, and they are both, I believe, on high-volume days. So Caleb Martin, he's a must-roster because of what he's been doing, but... To give you an example, in my 30-deep dynasty league, I'm, I'm benching him. I'm not putting him in my starting lineup, which is the starters of six, because he's only playing two games as a weekly lineup league. So just be sure that you're actually going to use him. He is doing enough. He's like a top 20 guy this last week with uh, Tyler Hero was out and Jimmy Butler was out. Tyler Hero is back. He still put up good numbers today, being efficient, getting steals, getting blocks, getting assists, getting threes. He's not hurting you anywhere. So he's being really, really good. I think it's limited and I'm not super confident that continues, but you add him now and figure out the rest later. 
I think Trey Murphy is an absolute must roster. Um, CJ McCullum is in COVID protocols. Uh, we don't know exactly when Brandon Ingram is coming back. I think he's got a toe issue at the moment. And uh, Trey Murphy is just really, really good. He's he's a top 100 player so far this season. Um, and he is someone that can get minutes when they play small, which they are tending to do a lot more these days. And I would not be shocked if he overtakes Herb Jones at some point throughout the season as a starter. So I think that he is someone who might have been dropped in your league. He missed a game. He was, he's been a little bit up and down. I still think that he is someone that you add and you hold on to moving forward as well. And I also think that Bruce Brown is the other must add. He's just, he's just been doing good things. I, I haven't really talked much about Bruce Brown at all this season. He's just doing enough in lots of different areas when any player kind of gets injured or misses time. He's always in there getting nearly 30 minutes a night. Um, Maybe he's not the biggest and most exciting guy, but I think he is definitely someone who should be on most rosters and he is available in a few leagues out there. So I think of your must-add guys, those would be the players that I would say. Onto the maybe ads or the or the watch list and see how they go. If they suit your team, you can add them. If they bring what you need, you can add them. If not, it's okay to leave them on the waiver wire. First guy here I've got is Monte Morris. Um, he was someone I was a little bit higher on than most. He's been disappointing. His minutes especially have been down much more than I thought they would. But he still has value for his uh, assists. He's, he's nice and efficient. He doesn't turn the ball over. He can get some steals here and there. Uh, put up a good game last game. And I think that... If you need assists, he isn't the worst player to have on your team, and I think you can just keep holding on to him and just, um, you know, assists are hard to find on the waiver wire, and I think he's going to have a pretty consistent role for most of the season. Not super exciting, so he's not a must-add player, but I think he does have value in 12-team leagues. Paul Reed is a guy that I love. I sent out a tweet saying, free Paul Reed. Um, I got a strange comment about that. I don't know what the guy was talking about. Um, apparently, wasn't a big fan of Paul Reed. He is just a really good player, man. He and, Well, he's not a really good basketball player, but in terms of fantasy, what we're looking for, he's a really good fantasy permanent producer. Gets the steals, gets the blocks, gets the rebounds. Good efficiency from the field. He's very, very active. I think he's better than Montrez Harrell. Um, Joel Embiid. I don't know how long he's out. He might not be out for that much long, but uh, he is someone that you can stream in for the meantime and uh, hopefully get some good value out of him. Dorian Finney-Smith has put up a couple of good games and the Mavs have a good schedule this week and have some streamable days. So I think that he is someone you can definitely add. I was... I was pretty keen on him in the preseason. He was a top 100 player last season, not doing as well this year. Um, But there seems to be some changes coming in Dallas. Maybe Christian Wood moves into the starting lineup. Um, He seemed to play well next to a player like Porzingis in the past. So maybe that helps him. Not too sure. But I think, especially with the schedule this week for the Mavs, he can be added. Patrick Williams is trending up. He is blocking shots. He's getting more minutes. Has that upside. I don't think he's a must-add player, but he could move to that direction soon. And it is getting dark in here, guys. There's some big old dark clouds coming in here. So I'm just going to turn a light on here. How does that look? Does that look too orange for the cameras there? Okay, I think it's adjusting. So sorry for the change in lighting there, guys. But it is. This big cloud is coming over. And I want you to be able to see my my pretty face here on YouTube. Um, But anyway, yeah, Pitt Patrick Williams is someone I think that if you maybe want a little bit of upside in your maybe ads, you can add him. Um, And I think that he, whilst I'm not super excited about his fantasy stat set, he is young enough that there could be something there and he is trending up. And his role is uh, is pretty secure, so I think he is fine as maybe a bit of a longer-term potential. 
John Concha, we keep uh, adding him. if we, He's putting up solid numbers um, whilst Bain is out. So he is someone that if you need to stream, you can get some good all-around production. He is nice. And I threw AJ Griffin on here. I get a lot of questions recently about AJ Griffin. Um, I, I like AJ Griffin. I think... He's young. He's he's got potential. I think he he might have been the second youngest behind Duran in the draft. And the fact that he's putting up this production so far early in his career is a positive sign. He was in contention for the Dynasty Future Star of the Year. Um, I just I don't see it yet. I don't see it yet. His game is very three points efficient, kind of like um, not a big assist, rebounds, blocks guy. Maybe he can get some steals. There's a little bit there, but I just don't see it yet in his NBA career. So I'm not as excited about him as others uh, are, but he is playing okay. And while some other guys are out, uh, at least while Bogdanovich is out and when he comes back, I think it will take AJ Griffin's uh, minutes. But he's looked really good out there and um, he's looked far more progressed than I thought he would be at this point in his career, especially considering his age. And um, and I, I was tweeting out earlier this week that the the, the bench for the Hawks just... I think they've got a really good young team. And um, yeah, I I really like a lot of their draft choices that they've made in the last couple of years. And AJ Griffin is definitely one of them. So um, I'm a bit lower on him compared to the other guys in this list. So I think out of the guys that I've got here or here on the the video, I think that he is someone that um, I'm probably a bit less keen on than others. But you can have a look on him if you've got a bit of room to take a swing on upside play. Uh, and lastly, guys, some players that I think you can start to look to drop depending on your situation, depending on what you're looking for. So obviously, this is not an exhaustive list. I've tried to put some players on here that I haven't listed on the droppable uh, things or players that are owned in a lot of uh, leagues that I think they probably shouldn't be. The first name on this list here is KCP. Now, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is someone that has surprised me. So far this season, he is currently on the season the 82nd, no, sorry, the 94th ranked player per game, 82nd in totals. In the last week, though, he was 167th, the last two weeks, 194th. He is just replaceable, in my opinion. You know, it's, it's okay efficiency, it's low turnovers, it's threes, you get a steal, but it's all just very boring. I think... He is rostered in a lot of leagues because of his season ranking, but advanced ownership of 91% in Basketball Monster. I think he can do a lot better by just streaming that position personally. I just, I think that he is just a very boring player that is, like I said, just replaceable. He's doing that in 32 minutes, so there's no real minutes upside. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't think KCP is it really in head-to-head leagues. Uh, yeah, 47% on the season, previous two years, 43.5, 43, 43.3. So I think that there's a regression coming in the shooting and yeah, just doesn't do a whole lot to excite me. So I think if you wanted to, you can move on from him. Here's a few guys that I think I alluded to on Twitter. I think this is where I draw the line on these players. Jalen Smith. You can drop him. You can get you can get away from him. I I he's probably my biggest miss so far this season. Uh, I had him as the second guy on my uh, sleepers. Mind you, I had that there because he was ranked 137th uh, in the preseason, so I thought he could be a top 100 guy. And he's just been bad. He's been really bad. And um, uh, outside of uh, Jabari Smith, who I was also very keen on at the start of the season, bad. I've not been anywhere near as 
much digging my heels in on Jalen Smith. I don't think he's as good of a player. I don't think his role is defined. Indiana are doing much better than I thought. He's the 181st ranked player on the year. He is 145th of the last two weeks. 11 points, 7 rebounds, an assist, a block. You know, the free throws are better, but he's shooting poorly from the field. Look, if you're doing well and you've still got Jalen Smith on your team, you could hold him. I don't think he's absolutely a must-drop, but he is someone that I'm, I'm no longer, if, if he's killing me and it's sapping the enjoyment out of my game and I'm just sick of looking at this guy on my roster, then I think you can go ahead and drop him. If your team is struggling and you need some production right now, uh, you can go ahead and drop him. Uh, there's not a lot of guys out there on the waiver wire in most scenarios that have his upside. And if the field goal percentage does come up and the minutes come up, he does still have potential to be that top 100 guy. I just, I don't think it's worth waiting around for. And, and he, he doesn't look that good. So it, it could be something that just ends up not happening. Keegan Murray, similar story. If you're up the top and you can wait, sure. But you can go ahead and drop him if you need to. I, I think that... I was never as keen on him as I was Jabari. I was not as excited about his translation. I know he had good translations, but he's uh, he's down the pecking order in Sacramento. Sacramento actually trying to win this season. He, if he plays poorly, he's going to get benched. Um, the points aren't there. The threes aren't there in as high volume. So I think that his upside is not worth waiting around for if you are struggling. And the same with Isaiah Hartenstein. Just buddy Tibbs, man. I swear. He frustrates me. Um, he just... Even when we saw Mitchell Robinson go out, they play someone like Jericho Sims, which doesn't make any sense to me. So that kind of takes the upside away from him, and he just isn't producing well enough at the moment that he's worth holding through this crap when we've seen, even when there's an injury to Mitchell Robinson, that he's not going to blow the roof off, which we thought might happen. I did not expect Jericho Sims to get playing time uh, at all this season, really, uh, unless both of them went down. And, uh, of course, I am wrong on that. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is on this list because... We are still having him, and he sucks. I mean, he's a good point scorer. He's probably a better NBA player than fantasy guy, but just doesn't bring the assists, steals, blocks, rebounds, threes, percentages. Uh, he, he scores points, and, and you can stream that. So I think, of course, you can drop him. And uh, Max Struess I've got here as well. Miami, like I said before, played two games this week. Uh, he's a threes and points guy, and I think that that is easily someone who is on the cutting room, uh, on the chopping block, I should say, for, for me if I'm trying to stream and get more value out of that position. He is definitely someone that uh, he's not got long-term upside that I'm sitting through a two-week uh, a two-game week, sorry, stretch for him. So I think Max Struess is someone I can cut, and I don't imagine he's going to be in your top 10 players that you're going to be adding, which maybe um, if Caleb Martin keeps doing what he does, uh, he might be at this stage, which is why he was an ad despite the two-game week. So that will uh, do it for us today, guys. Let us know down in the comments below if you have any questions, ads, drops, cuts, trades. Um, what do you think about Jabari Smith as the uh, battery just runs out as we uh, as I swap this one over to this camera here, guys. Uh, let us know what you think about Jabari Smith making his way from uh, uh, bust and loser of the week all the way to future Dynasty star. And have you held him? Let me know down in the comments below. Every person who held Jabari Smith through all the shit 
Uh, did you trade for him? I would love to know. Let's get the uh, Jabari Smith army out there, uh, putting their hands up loud and proud. Uh, I hope that you listen to my advice, and uh, I hope that he can continue doing this. I think he can, um, so let's see if we can do that. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Like I said at the start of the podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts, search up the show, and give us a five-star rating and review. I will appreciate you forever, and I will catch you guys next time. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.